Hey, everyone. Welcome to Over 50 Starting Over. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. And here we are, November 20th of COVID year, and a whole lot going on. And, you know, Merle, I just got back from Nashville. Remember, I oh, yeah. slid, I slid yeah. that in there. Yeah. Um, what a fantastic time. So we road tripped it there. We were largely keeping it weather dependent. And it yeah, beautifully sunny the whole time. A little oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, it was horrible here. Like they even delayed the Browns game. On You're Sunday. kidding me. What, yeah, because what? of a storm, a horrible storm with uh, gale force winds and stuff. They delayed it a half hour. So that's wow. We got out of Dodge, went there, had a great time. Uh, and because we wanted to check it out as a possible place to move to in the, yeah, yeah. In the near future. And we're still, we're always talking about creating this ideal development. We could possibly get uh, several other couples in on. That is our dream of what it would be a very luxurious and affordable retirement community. Yeah, we talked about that at the end of season one. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're still, we're moving forward with trying to find, and uh, Nolensville, and in, in that is just southeast of Nashville, is a lot of promise. There's a development just really starting there, a lot of good open land, um, Definitely has a lot of promise, and it's right next to Brentwood, which is just south of Nashville, which is their affluent community where all the celebrities live. It, wow. Oh, wow. Is that beautiful? Really? Mm, Boy, yeah. I'd never heard of it before. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've vaguely heard of it before, but uh, we, so we checked out a lot. I mean, so our main thing was to check out the suburbs for the most yeah. part. Really yeah. liked uh, Hend Hendricks. Is it Hendricksonville? Yeah, it is. H Hendersonville. Hendersonville as well. Situated on the map uh, slightly northeast uh, in this lake slash river. It's kind of like a lake with a lot of fingers on it. And oh, those are nice. So you got a little bit of everything all through there. You got lower end communities. I mean, trailers in the east, the western part of it. Further east you go, you got a affluent community. So you got mm -hmm. a bit of everything. But I, I love the idea of being by water. So that was a main appeal. Me too. And uh, so we had a great time. We were situated in the Dream Hotel in the printer, Printer's Alley of nashville and printer's alley is super cool have you heard of broad never heard of any of this now i don't oh. know i really know very little of, about nashville i see i didn't know a lot either because i hate country music and <laughs> so i was really skeptical about going yeah until i started doing my research and stuff then i started getting excited and uh i'm still very excited about it you are that's oh, I'm really so cool it's the climate that I really want, uh, the full change of seasons, but right. you know, it, it's just, you know, it gets darker, it gets darker earlier there than it does likely because of the time change, like they're right on my guess is cause they're right on the edge of that time zone change where the time goes like Chicago. It, what does it do? Go forward. Oh, are they are they on uh, on Central Time? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. You're exactly right. I lived in Chicago, and that's right. how it was. It, it, we got, it got dark earlier, and it got light earlier too. I mean, I can remember some nights coming home, and you know, birds were chirping. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's like it's still like in the hour between three and four. You know, the sun's coming up. What? Yeah. 
it's uh it's crazy but that's the thing there's very few places like cleveland where like in the summertime it'll stay light you could see light in the sky almost till 10 o'clock at, yeah. at, during the midsummer and i really love yeah. that i've lived all over the country there's no place like that yeah i know and and the thing is too here yeah you're right three in the morning it's not that dark it's yeah. uh, the skies are clear or something <laughs> but boy here now six in the yeah. evening it is pitch black like a black blanket all over you know over i'm, a I'm telling you you know well we have the same kind of thing over here that they apparently have in nashville because at like five o'clock it's it's dark here yeah yeah it's, so uh, in nashville crazy. it was getting dark like four o'clock you're really watching that sun go down by 4 30 it's starting to get dark yeah yeah. Hey, I don't like that, but like sure that did like everything else about it, except COVID, of course. Um, boy, what was that like over there? Was it? It uh, was dead. It was, really? it is a beautiful town that is well-maintained. You can tell they bring in a lot of money. Well, you know, it's mo mostly from tourism. Right. And so, you know, that this is hurting them bad. So Broadway, Broadway street is their main strip, so uh -huh. to speak. It's uh -huh. the big thing. It's known that you can walk into any place in there. There's going to be a really good live act because these are people uh, that are trying to make it. They just work for tips and they're trying to hoping to get discovered. Mm -hmm. So that's the gig. And, uh, you know, so from there, the service industry is enormous. And so imagine all the people that are hurting out there, including, of course, the people trying to work for tip uh, these artists trying to work for tips yeah, uh, yeah. and get discovered by the way right across the street from our hotel in printer's alley was uh let me find this here it's in my notes the whiskey shot the whiskey shot like barn saloon or something right. like that yeah yeah oh it was a great place and we caught this act uh his name is mika reed and i took a lot of video of him i asked him if i could because the place was dead. It's Monday, COVID. Right. right. And, uh, but it was, it's really great. It's, so I put a sample of uh, his stuff together and uploaded it. And I'll put a link to it in our notes. I, he was uh, on American Idol season three. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, he is terrific. Hell of a range, amazing guitar player. So I just encourage anybody to. Season check three him out. of American Idol. What was his name again? Mika Reed. Mika Reed. Okay, so -E I got E A D, not R E E. That makes not, all the difference in the world. So it'll be in the show notes. Were you allowed? Was this indoors? Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. okay. So there's an indoor uh, event in Nashville. Uh, okay, so that's still kind of good that at least sure. they're able to do that, I, even though it was a Monday night and it was dead. You still have the ability to go to something indoors like that. That's uh, yeah, becoming unusual. Yeah, well, you're right. But so Tuesday night, we went to Broadway Street, which we're not really into the big crazy party scene. And you could see even as dead as it was because of COVID being Tuesday and out of season. It's November, you know, this time of year. Um you could still see the potential that that's a sloppy drunk kind of place, you know, like I wouldn't want to be there. Uh, <laughs> in urban prime. street. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, what, oh, so, oh, I forgot my point to that, but, oh, you said, well, at least people can, you know, do something a little bit. Dude, they're not right. making money. They're losing money. They're, well, I mean, 
I understand. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the whole COVID thing is causing everybody to lose money. But mm-hmm. right now, as we get closer to Thanksgiving, so many towns are with the spike in COVID, so many towns are shutting down. They're shutting down everything here, at least. Uh, and I'm hearing about it all over the country. I just wanted to know what was going on in, in Nashville, because it's, mm. it's getting tighter here. I don't know about Ohio. Mm. Well, uh, more bad news. Remember last week I told you about my aunt and uncle getting diagnosed. Well, Lake County, where my family all lives, where we go right. out for the holidays and stuff, is now the third worst in all of Ohio. Like, they just got hit. They got hammered. And last night on our group text, you know, we were down to, for Thanksgiving, we were down to, okay, so uh, pregnant uh, cousin will not be there. No kids. Uh, anybody else, it's like, hey, you know, we're going to be very careful, take all precautions, but know that you're welcome. But if not, we totally understand. We're down to nine and we just canceled it. Uh, my mother canceled it last night. Oh. And we're really bummed about that. Lisa and I, yeah. it's our favorite holiday of the year. Mine um, too. But it's really bad. It's really bad out here right now. And um, worse, like what this, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it because you know me at this time of the year, all I'm thinking about is how to deal with that seasonal affective disorder as it is dark and cold. And uh, now, because I always say, we're, I'm fine through December, got the holidays. Right. and Now we don't have the holidays, man. Yeah. This may as well be January 1st starting right now for me. I, I understand what you're saying. It's uh, This is a tough thing. This is yeah. a tough thing. It's uh, and you know it's it's not like you know they just put this on us. This has been going on now for months and months, and yeah. we the thing is you keep thinking, oh, we're going to get out of this, and and then it gets worse. Um, there's a mental toll that's being had here, besides all the economic toll that's happened. Yeah. This uh, being in this lockdown thing has been really really crazy. We just had. Uh, more stuff. So first this weekend, we're we have a curfew that starts, and oh, just really? found out that this particular curfew now has been extended already for, for a month. Here's here's a here's a line that we heard. I used to be a carny, okay. So this is uh, this is something that that sticks out to me. But uh, here he is. Uh, the governor says, "Together we can flatten the curve again." And it's like. Is this really? I don't know. It's here we have uh, we, the flatten the curve. I'm, I'm starting. It's, that's starting to trigger me <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't feel like that's actually what they're doing with this. I don't know. Uh, but here we have a mask mandate, which has been in effect, but it's it's gotten stronger. Um, restaurants have been shut down all this time, but now even the outdoor venues, which has been the only way that restaurants have been surviving out here, uh, have now been limited to 50% capacity. And uh, they're saying that if, uh, if, if a waiter or waitress comes to you, you can, you can, um, when you're sitting down at these outdoor venues, you can without a mask but mm. now they're saying that if a waiter or waitress approaches you you have to put your mask on um you know what it's uh it's 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 becoming 
something that I think they want to be able to enforce out here as well with penalties. We haven't heard about that yet, but you're seeing that around the country right now where you can be fined for this type of thing. And with Thanksgiving coming up, they've got all, as I mentioned on the last show, they've got all these uh, restrictions. You can only have people over for two hours, three households. Oh, now less than three households. I don't know why they just say two households, but less than three households. Uh, you can only eat outside. You have to be six feet apart. You got to wear masks all the time. You can only go inside if you got to go to the bathroom and the bathroom must be sanitized. All this crazy stuff. Um, we had some people that were coming out here to visit from Florida. I don't know why they would want to do it at this time, but yeah. they just canceled their trip. I think that was a wise decision because right. this is a, this is a crazy environment we're in. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, we, Cleveland, Nashville, no different from what you're going through, really. Now, you know, as you said, we can go to these establishments, get to wear a mask going in, going out. They, we've noticed that everyone's enforcing it really well. Uh, that's good. But once you sit down, you can take it off. Uh, so there's that. Definitely 50% or less capacity everywhere I've seen from Cleveland to Cincinnati. We did a stop in Cincinnati, both on our way down and way back, which kind of like that city. I kind of decided I'd like, yeah, to come cool back, city. I'd like to come back and do an overnighter there with my bike. Yeah. So, oh. Because you know, yeah. I've never been to Cincinnati before. I thought it was pretty nice. It is a nice town. I like it. Well, let me ask you this about the mask wearing, because we keep hearing about, oh, you know, if people would just wear their masks. Mm -hmm. But every store I ever go into, every indoor place, I, I never see anybody not wearing a mask. I agree. I, and because I, I'm wondering the same thing, Merle. I'm always hearing people debate this. Well, if everybody would wear their mask, though, I could say that I just read about this story yesterday about this Ohio couple who just had to have their wedding uh, recently, and 33 people got infected. I was like, well, what do you expect? And, and I was like, and they looked so young. They look like they shouldn't even be legally allowed to get married. They look so young. So <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, it's a whole bunch of young people primarily. They don't really care, you know, the whole thing. They don't take it seriously. But then they said of the 33 that there are three sets of grandparents. And I'm like, God, these, oh, that, that's some dumb, irresponsible stuff right there. And they interviewed them and they said, well, you know, we took all the legal precautions, but we think maybe it's like when, you know, everyone's out there dancing and they're not wearing the masks. It's really, they still didn't get it. They just caused the whole outbreak of COVID and they don't get how bad they screwed up right there. So yeah. anyways, those things are happening, you know. They seem to be, I mean, I never see them, but apparently they happen. That's, that's going to happen unless, I, I, don't, I don't know. It seems to me that the more legal uh, thing you put around it, the worse this is going to get. You know, we live in America having, I think this whole not wearing a, or wearing a mask uh, and suggesting it, highly recommending it and saying that we, we should do this. I think that's the key. If we're if that indeed is actually what's going to do it, but making laws around it where you could be penalized, uh, I see for the majority of the people out there are cooperating. I, I haven't, I actually haven't seen anybody not cooperating. Well, I I don't either. But like I said, that I don't know, I don't know how that wedding was really legal, but 
you know, that's the, that's the line that we walk right now, trying to keep, give people as much of their rights as possible while not killing everyone uh, with COVID. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I wanted, I know it's a little uh, segue here. It's not a segue. It's a total switch. I wanted to promote that. I've got an upcoming guest speaker coming up, Sandy Mobley. She's the author of Juicy Work. I've mentioned her before. She is a business coach and coaches people on becoming career coaches and how to help people find their juicy work. And in a day where so many people are displaced right now, and that's a that's what the thing that probably gets me the most about this whole COVID situation. I don't even think we really talk about the reality of how bad it is out there for a lot of people that have lost their jobs, yeah. lost even their houses, uh, lost a lot. So anyways, I think it's a great timely episode that I, we're scheduled to do our interview on Monday. It would be out Tuesday, special guest episode, half hour. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Well, that's going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And uh, boy, our last one with Rex Lee turned out really well. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's been, uh, I just, I, it took me a while to see that. And I thought Rex did a great job on Fantastic. our show. He, yeah. he is an expert. He's one of those experts of experts. And so it was, there was a lot of good information came out very quickly. Uh, it was a, a whole lot of information. Yeah, I think uh, for our audience, if you get a chance to, to look at that on, I know it's on our website still, check it out. I think that one's timeless actually. Well, I really do too. It's uh, all about censorship. It's about manipulation online. And we were not prepared for that as a nation. You know, we've had laws for journalism, traditional journalism, that boom, overnight, everything went on the internet. And we just were not prepared for it at all. Uh, So as we segue into future stuff, I, I wanted to talk uh, about uh, business, keep on the business thing okay. a little bit here and um, something that you and I have talked about offline and we've talked about it a bit online as well. But um, when it comes to this medium that we have, this video medium that we have in business, have you, I, I, obviously all of us are doing this right now, working from home using video. I wanted to ask you, do you, use i mean i know you use your camera when you're working with clients or or do you do you use you do and do you find that your clients are using their video as well or do you come into meetings where they're not on video how does that work for you okay maybe i misunderstood i i thought you were asking do i do a lot of video and i do a lot of video i do videos for clients i do them for myself for promotional reasons no i mean like when you're having meetings with them so you say, am, am I Zooming with clients a lot? Correct. Yes. It's, uh, it's almost all Zoom. Yeah. Which it I is almost all Zoom. Do they use their cameras? Do you use your camera? I'm noticing oh. so uh, that uh, this is sort of the paradigm or a new paradigm that we're in, obviously. But the camera part uh, seems like some people use it. Some people don't. What right. are you finding out there? I'm finding out exactly that that some people are using it and some don't. And I'm a little bothered by the people that don't because I, uh, I think it's, I think it says something um, that I, I, I think there's a tiny bit of not being respectful there. Really? Uh, 
Uh, well, what do you think? Because if everybody else, if you're on a call with four different people and yet one refuses to not put a camera on, it's, I know there's a lot of people that are terrified of cameras. I know that. Uh, they just right, are. Right. And, um, but I think that we're in an age right now. We're in a period right now, and it's going to be for a little while yet uh, with this COVID stuff that we, we got to suck it up. Um, I think that this whole Zoom stuff is the next best thing to really meeting in person. And I think this is very, very valuable to communication. Seeing someone's eyes, seeing their smile or a lack thereof, I think is very important. We've we had the conversation before, like the lowest end of communication I think you could do is email. Right. Uh, so much <laughs> is lost in translation. And right. so most people assume if you don't know better, you assume there's a negative connotation to what's being said, you know, and it's easy for that to go off the rails after it goes back and forth three times. So with Zoom, and, and there's also, you know, when did we just recently talk about, uh, well, we do quite a bit, really, social media. I call it online road rage. When you have the disconnect, uh, well, in my opinion, you turn that camera on and it's live on Zoom. You now you're, it's no longer road rage. You, 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 you're accountable. You're accountable. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. You're mm -hmm. immediately accountable mm -hmm. for your behavior. Um, so I think it's really important. What do you think about people that don't turn a camera? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I start to think that, Hmm, we're in sort of a new paradigm here. So is it, like you said, is it disrespectful to not turn your camera on? Is that being disrespectful? Or am I being disrespectful by just coming in with my camera blazing? You know, <laughs> here I am. And then everybody's on, not, am I making everybody uncomfortable because I'm using my camera? And I find that mm. at work, um, you know, because I, I work for a, a wireless company and we're all quarantined and we have internal meetings and we have external meetings and many meetings that I come into, there's sort of a, uh, a culture around the whole camera thing. For example, if it's a big meeting and one person is speaking for the most part, it seems like everybody turns off their camera. Because they're on their phone, and this is a thing that immediately bothers me about disrespectful. Yeah, you know they're not paying attention. And well, it's account accountability again. You could, you could assume that nobody – yeah, that's something you could assume. Or you could assume that they're respecting him by not distracting with their little icon pictures where they're moving around and stuff like that. Uh. So that, that's, that's one interesting. Thing that, it is one way of thinking about it. Okay. Or we have team meetings. Like I'll, I'll have a team meeting after after this meeting is over. And um, at first, when I first came to the company, n nobody was turning on their camera except for my boss and me and one other person. And then everybody else was off camera. And then my boss actually said hey, we should probably turn on our cameras for this. I know it's eight in the morning, but you can do this. Mm -hmm. And so now everybody actually turns their camera on. Here's something that, um, uh, uh, that just happened just this week. Uh, I met my boss for the first time. He lives like 20 miles from me. We haven't met because of the whole COVID wow. thing. Wow. And I've been working there since July. We've not met each other. However, 
we see each other almost daily. We have conversations almost daily over Zoom, or we have teams uh, within our organization. And um, I felt like I know this guy, like, oh, sure. I, like I know you, because we're seeing each other, even though we've never been face-to-face. So we met somewhere for lunch. And uh, the interesting thing was, it was... It, it wasn't like we were meeting for the first time. I was wondering where you're going to go with this. Cause I thought you could have been like, and lo and behold, he's four foot eight. Thought- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had, I, he, he was actually kind of what I, as far as his stature and everything, it's kind of what I thought he was going to be. So that wasn't a surprise. Um, I don't know how he felt about me, but uh, I, I, we sat down face to face for lunch and it, felt so normal mm-hmm. uh, that it, it was like all those times we've been together on camera felt like, I guess what, I guess what I'm saying is it felt like we had been face to face. It's not much time. of a, it's not much of a disconnect. It wasn't, it really yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Now going back to business on my business calls, I always use my camera. I'm in sales. Yeah. And so I really believe that my appearance is part of how I sell and my facial expressions and my nonverbal communication. That's all part of the integrity that I bring to the table. So I don't want to limit myself that way, especially in a period like this where people need that human touch. And if you're going to trust somebody to do business with them, with your, with your business. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, but I do notice that probably about 50% of the time, the person on the other end doesn't use their camera. Well, they're the ones in the power seat, you know, I wonder about that. Sometimes I think, you know, cause I don't ask, Hey, how come you don't have your camera on? Mm. Uh, that would be kind of rude, but I always wonder, you know, what, what's happening. Um, why they're not, am I making them uncomfortable? I, I'm not going to turn off my camera unless they ask me to, uh, but that's sort of my way of going about it. Mm. But I wonder uh, they're multitasking. If, if sometimes I wonder, well, do they even have a camera? Maybe maybe they don't have a camera that works. Um, I was in a meeting this week where uh, I joined the meeting and we were waiting for the rest of the client's group to show up and nobody was using their camera from the client side. And then finally, when the leader of their group came on, she came on with her camera on. And it just made the meeting so much more pleasant mm-hmm. and more personal. I, I, I'm a big fan. I'm glad we have this technology. And I think also your camera quality is yeah. important as well. Yeah. 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 When you see somebody that is really dark, the environment's really dark and they look like they got a red light on them or something. Yes. One side of their face. Yeah. It's, it's gloomy. It's gloomy. But to your point, I mean, to go through a pandemic, which by the way, on average, we go through a pandemic like once every 50 years. So yeah. So to go through this and finally accept zoom and Skype and stuff as a technology is more of a blessing than any of us ever thought it could have been, you know, prior. It's, I had a meeting uh, earlier this week with somebody internal and, and so two of us were on and we were using our cameras and then she came on and somebody, I might, maybe it was me. Somebody mentioned, Oh, using a camera. And she goes, Oh, I'll use my camera. Let me turn mine on. I, I, somebody made a comment earlier that I looked like it was in a witness protection program. And what then, they mean? Uh, 
I didn't know. And then she comes on and it's like the lighting in her place made her all silhouetted. So she oh. was like a shadow person talking. Oh. It was hilarious, but that's, that's not going to fly if you're working with a customer. <laughs> that like would have been even better if she put one of those filters on her voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. <there. laughs> right, right. But I think it's important. I think um, much like it was earlier, earlier where you want to make sure as you're going into an appointment that you have the right apparel on, like your suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a part of this. Not only uh, using your camera, but what you're wearing on camera and what your background looks like. I, one of the things that I think uh, isn't good, and this is just my opinion, is uh, you you tune in and then the other person tunes in and you can see their bed behind them. <laughs> 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 right, because then you're wondering, did they make the bed? Well, you know, yeah. how did they make the bed? You, and what are their sheets like? on that. <laughs> Exactly. Did you just get out of bed? <laughs> Look, there's a toothbrush on the nightstand. Yeah. Look yeah. at that. Or also your artwork, you know, yes. like yes that becomes a part of the conversation. I've got mm-hmm. a guy that I work with. He he works for the same company, and we were working with a, a guy. Uh, from a, a, one of our clients, and his name, his last name is Tuttle, and apparently he has this nickname of King Tut, and so he's got this behind him. He's got this this mirror this and it's got the image of King Tut back oh. there, and everyone always asks him, you know, hey, what's up with that? And he's got this great story that he tells about it. Uh, so stuff like that is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many times I thought about doing bizarre stuff with this show just to mess with people like i would need another person in on it like but to have something that looks like it could possibly be a body being tugged across the floor <laughs> in the background you know you barely see it did i see something was there? that right yeah like every week have something some bizarre thing in the background going uh, there's a video that's gone viral of a guy uh, a news guy doing a report out of his home and uh in the background you can sort of like my door back here where you can see the door is this one of his little kids comes in, opens the door, and he's in one of those walkers, uh, comes flying into the room, you know, in the background. And then you got the mother trying to sneak in and drag this kid out of there. Another oh, kid I comes saw in. That. Oh, I that's think a great I saw one. that. Right, that was pre-pandemic, right. but still. Really Did you funny. see that video a couple years ago? It was about two years ago when we had a bad hurricane and they totally busted the, the news. Uh, so the people that were on the scene and, and they're leading way over like, oh, it's really oh, yeah. bad out I've seen here. that, yeah. And then way in the background, you see two people in shorts and flip-flops just standing there in a parking lot talking. Right. The next morning great. on – Eight hours later, six hours later on Facebook, these two like college kids create, recreate a video like that. And they're like, oh, they're spraying water on this guy with, with a hose. Like they're simulating this. And they, oh, it's horrible out here. They're throwing chairs at them and stuff. <laughs> like the wind's blowing it all. It was hilarious. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. All right. So we're, I, I'm not exactly sure. We kind of went all over the place here. I'm going to set up that I kind of wanted to talk about today, meditation. And I think when I say something like that, most people go, oh boy, now it's time to multitask. Meditation. But the reason I bring that up is 
because I talk about how I do battle the sad stuff. And this year, hearing the Thanksgiving was canceled. I, I got to really take this a lot more seriously now because with the holidays, the holidays will be completely canceled. There is not a lot to do. It's dark. It's going to get cold. And, um, and I do. I battle the negative thoughts. Sometimes I have bad days. It'll last a whole day of very negative thoughts. So I, I, hey, even last night, I, as I often do, I go to bed using guided meditation, a YouTube uh, video. I say video. I just listen to the audio with earbuds in. And I don't know. Does it help? Or would I be completely a basket case if I didn't already do certain things? I used to do a lot more meditation, more the traditional sense. I think I need to do more. There's a lot of different forms of meditation and there's no wrong way to meditate. So I know one of the first things that when you bring up meditation, first of all, everybody goes, oh my God, I know I should be doing it, but I can't sit there. I can't do it. And if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. You got to sit there completely silent, cross leg in some uncomfortable position and all of that. There's no wrong way to meditate. I used to do a lot of meditation, believe it or not, while doing the elliptical at the gym. Mm. Uh, and there's different forms. And in this form, I'd be using Wayne Dyer's uh, technique. Right. And, and it, he, would, he took this Buddhist technique and he Easternized it by, uh, as he does with a lot of things, he, he turns it or into this. Westernizes it? West, yes, yeah, sorry. Westernizes it. Uh, so he turns it into a Christian. Uh, Buddhist hybrid. And it would be about doing the Lord's Prayer, uh, which I can't think of right now. Um, Our Father who art in heaven, uh, yes. hallowed be thy name. And so what you do is I'm, I'm just staring straight ahead. I try to make sure there's no screens flickering in front of my face, you know, on either side of me or in front of me, of course. And I look at the blank wall and I try to imagine the letters. Our Father, O-U. Now imagine the space in between the letters. When you get all of this does is it, it gives your mind some, just something subtle and almost nothing to focus on because when you clear your mind for those brief minutes, that's when it has a chance to um, be, become much more peaceful. This is all about clearing your mind, stopping the chatter in our minds. And we almost all of us let it go, let it go. And it's a bad habit that exacerbates and gets worse. For me, it's unbearable. And so when you can find the moments, he calls it getting into the gap and you can string together more and more of these moments of getting into the gap of having your mind clear. Um, now Eastern philosophy, what they do is they use the Buddhist statue and they concentrate on areas of the Buddhist statue. Mm. And to, in order to just find a gap uh, where you actually clear your mind. Now, when those thoughts do come back and, and some horrible thought or whatever is very distracting, the trick is to not go, oh, you failed again. Oh, you know, and then now you got a spike in negative feelings. No, you say, oh, okay, I recognize that thought. What is it? Gotcha. And now get back to it. 
you know, get, get back in, into play there. So right, that, right. that's one. Now, and other meditations are totally doing a mind dump, exploring all the thoughts and feelings. Because another author that I like a whole lot, Gary Zukoff, um, he's not saying anything that I haven't heard from other psychologists, but I just like the way he explained it. He's like, well, you got all the chatter going on. You got negative thoughts. We, we, most of us want to just block them out. I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel good. I want to think happy thoughts. And what it's like is in your head, you got a party going on and sure you like Mr. Gregarious and you like Mr. Happy and, uh, party guy and uh, all the other ones, but you're not too crazy. You don't want to invite jealous guy to the party, angry guy. You know, you tell them, no, they're not invited. So you always want to entertain the others. Well, you know, Mr. Uh, angry guy's banging at the door really hard and it's going to bang harder and harder until you finally let them in. The whole metaphor is you have to explore your negative thoughts. You have to give the more you say, I don't want to hear from you, the louder it's going to get over time and become an irrational part of your personality or, or your thinking. So there's a balance to that. Anyways, it's something that I learned a long time ago that I have found I need to, I, I think what I needed, I was thinking this at the gym before the podcast. I think that I need to make a decision to put a goal uh, together. <laughs> now that Thanksgiving's canceled, now that the holidays I see are canceled, <laughs> I'm like, I'm in emergency mode here, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think I need to come up with uh, a goal of how I want to meditate through the next few months and mm. uh, get, uh, try to form better mental habits. So I don't go into a downward spiral. You know, that uh, drinking is incredibly on the rise now during this. Oh, time. Yeah. That's what I've you heard. Know, alcohol sales and all of that. Right. Right. So that's another, it's another sign. Now it's a depressant. And so it is, we got less going on. People can't celebrate holidays. This is, I think this could be a absolutely horrible holiday season as far as suicides and things like that go. It's a terrible formula <clears throat> for yeah. depression that's mm -hmm. happening right now because people people have a hard time during the holidays to begin with. They just I've I've known people that just the holidays come on it brings up memories of lost family members and things like that and so having having this kind of thing happen seems to be pretty dangerous but getting back to your meditation thing I like what you're saying so a question for you so when you are meditating is it is it your preference that you were talking about Wayne Dreyer and and just taking the lord's prayer uh do you meditate in that format is that do you take like a some type of this was a prayer <clears throat> something like that do you use something like that when you meditate or do you use a different method i okay i'll just quickly go over a few things right there because i wouldn't mind talking a little bit more about this as i figure out what my goals are going to be and yeah all of that so uh yeah i used to do that all the time as i said i would do it while i was on a, a elliptical or something mm -hmm. like that now right right i like that because i kind of got a high motor and to have my the physical anxiety to be taken care of while i'm doing that i think there's something to it i think there and and you're like uh, there's a thing about exercise that gets serotonins going. There's, I, I've never heard anybody else talk about meditating like this, but me, but I think there's some 
real benefits to it because I do have a hard time sitting still. So that is something that I've gotten away from, but I used to do it about 10 years ago uh, for quite a while. And I think I need to get back to that because I rode to the gym, but I rode my bike to the gym again this morning, but I'm not going to be able to do that much at all from here on out. The weather right. forecast is such. Uh, so I need to get back on that elliptical and figure it I think maybe that'll be part of my new routine once again. Uh, so there is that. Now you can also, as I said, what I do more often than anything as far as a meditation goes is listen to particular YouTube videos. Now you could pull mm, up, you know, mm. whatever your thing is, uh, whether it's uh, stuff about limited beliefs. I like to listen to things about that. There's getting your chakras in order and uh, anything anything in between. And in all cases, what it's doing is it's talking about, okay, so pay attention to your breath, take a deep breath. There's all these things, man, they put you to sleep pretty quickly. Yeah. Then you're uh, working on yourself, subconscious stuff. So I do that a lot. Now, something I think is probably very valuable that I think I should start doing during this time is to simply download an app there are different meditation apps that are quite popular. And you can say, I'm just going to meditate for three minutes. Most of us don't meditate because we cannot imagine sitting in quiet for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or, you know, most of us have a goal. Oh, I'm going to do it two hours, two hours a day, you know? And so you never do. Two hours. Wow. Well, you know, it's my point about exercising. Most of us struggle with an exercise routine because our goals are too high. And right. Yeah. So we do try to bite it off in a compulsive manner and we disappoint. It's frustrating. So we just don't do it. Right. Well, it's my point to the meditational uh, apps. So do it first, you know, two minutes until you conquer that and then right. go to three. Work up to it. Right. Yeah. And if you work all the way up to 10, maybe you want to stay with 10 because you're going to get a lot of benefit from it. Right. Right. But don't do it to the point where it's prohibitive. So you quit. So as I said, during those, th that kind of meditation, you're going to tr try to quiet your mind. Usually you're just thinking about your breathing because that's something that takes almost no thought process. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and that's, that's the whole gig is to, uh, is to quiet your mind. The more you train yourself to be able to quiet your mind, the quieter your mind will be throughout the rest of your day. And boy, do, is that something I need? I, I've gotten to a point where my mind is just, I can't shut it off. Uh, and mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. when it goes negative, it's, it's torturous. I mean, I can't even work sometimes because I'm trying to get rid of this anxiety that's coming from all these thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, boy, I, I've, I've experienced this kind of thing before as well, where you can't just shut your mind off and it yeah. seems to be like on a downward slope where everything just keeps going down into a negative place. And, I think meditation is a, a great tool to deal with that. From a Christian perspective, there's uh, Christian meditation, much like what you had mentioned with Wayne Dreyer. And Dyer. Oh, is it Dyer? Dyer, yeah. Thank you. That's fine. Yeah, I know. We were going to probably get a note Lisa on that. Lisa sometimes calls him Dwayne Dwyer. <laughs> Dwayne Dwyer. <laughs> Dwayne no, Dwyer. No, Thanks, Lisa. No, I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Dwayne, 
um, but in, in, in our faith, meditation isn't just clearing your mind. It is taking a scripture and doing exactly what Dwayne was Wayne, talking about. Wayne, Wayne Dyer. The, <laughs> I'm gonna have to meditate on this guy's name. You could call uh, him the good doctor. Yeah. But but the the deal is this: what, what we know is that this whole multitasking thing of of being able to concentrate on several things at the same time is actually not it's a terrible. human thing. It's not. We're not made for that. We're right. made to to focus on one thing at a time. And in meditation and biblical meditation, taking a scripture like the Lord's Prayer, which is in the Bible, and thinking, our Father who art in heaven, and maybe just saying that under your breath, to your, murmuring that under mm-hmm. your breath, and you could be on an elliptical, you could be anywhere doing this, and, and then you're forming a picture in your mind. What does he look like? What is, he's in heaven. What does that mean? Uh, what is thy kingdom come, thy will be done? What, how does, what, how does that apply to me? And it, you start I like to, this. I like to it. get um, this sense of comfort as you're picturing this. I, one, one, I memorized um, Psalm 91. I've talked about this psalm on the show. Uh, it is a psalm of protection. And so uh, during COVID, I, I memorized this, this psalm. There's like, mm. I think, 18 verses to Psalm 91. And so each verse I've been meditating on, and this picture starts to form in my head of God's protection and his mighty hand, um, he, he, that I'm abiding under his shadow, uh, that I that he is my refuge. I think, of, what is a refuge? It's a place of safety. It's a it's a he's a mighty fortress. I'm inside of this fortress, and nothing can harm me inside here. I picture myself there, and so you, all these other fears that are on the outside go away because you're picturing this thing, and then it stays in your heart. It, you can it, it, the more you do that, the more you can turn that on during your day. When you've got all these troubles, you know, like, but wait a second, I'm, I'm, I'm greatly blessed and highly favored. I'm in this place. I have favor, but God is doing these things for me, no matter what it looks like. And it gives you power during the day. So it's, it's very uh, productive type yeah. meditation. And, you know, there was a time where I didn't really know what meditation was. And like you said, there's a lot of different forms of it, mm-hmm. but this has been really helpful to me to get through those anxiety times. Without uh, question. You know, last year I was struggling a bit uh, at the beginning sure. of the year and sure. I took that book. Uh, boy, I, you, you read it too. Uh, oh, the power of positive thinking. Yes, yes. That was it. And there were so many uh, places in that yeah. book where I could just take maybe a paragraph or maybe a few sentences and just meditate on the meaning of what that is. Mm-hmm. And it pulled me right through that whole thing. And not only that, I was able to be effective with other people that were dealing with the same kind of thing. So you know, it's a powerful, powerful tool in our lives. If we use it properly, I do believe that if we try to clear our mind and not think of anything, I kind of think that's a dangerous place to be because I think your brain's naturally going to try to fill that space. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but the idea is that you're going to allow the trust that you get, get more connected with source. 
or God that you're allowing for, because the conscious mind is a dangerous place to be. It's the heart, the soul is the pure place to be. And that's what you're trying to get to. But I'm going to tell you, I absolutely love what you just shared. And I am going to use that, incorporate that aspect into some meditation because every negative thought will always come back to, you can just say anxiety. What is anxiety? It's fear. It's, it's feeling bad. It's fear. And it's, you know what it is? It's being disconnected from God from source, however you want to say it, because it's the, it's the direct opposite. That's exactly right, Perry. This is so, exactly right. So what you're forgetting, and I think about this a lot, is, damn, how do I feel more connected with God? And I'll just have to always use the disclaimer, whatever the higher power is in your book, or even if you're atheist, then just go with the blank mind thing. But you're still, uh, you're still allowing for the channel to open up with source, with, uh, with God. And so I like what you're saying. I like the idea of meditating on these pieces of the prayer. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to incorporate that because it's going to, when you, when you get back to knowing and realizing that there is something higher than you that loves you, that you are part of an all loving and you tap into it, the, the negative feelings that are making your life terrible and they are causing ramifications in your reality. When those go away and you replace them with love and confidence, your experiences will change throughout your day more positive experiences will uh, take place as well. And you'll, you'll just be happier. Absolutely. And that's what the name of the game is. Well, there's a pastor that I really love. His name is Joseph Prince. And um, one of the, he wrote a book called uh, Right Believing is Right Living. And, you know, if you're believing the right way about something, then you're automatically going to live a certain way. And meditation can help to foster that. Mm. The more you meditate on something, the more you bring it into your life. And you mentioned fear, and <clears throat> I loved what you said about fear and uh, an absence of God or uh, not believing what God says about your protection, and that, that instills fear. But if you really think about it, What's creating fear is a meditation on not believing in your protection. It's the same thing. You you you're meditating on that. People call it worry. It's that's what worry yeah. is. You're yeah. meditating. You're 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 seeing. You're focusing on this negative thing that hasn't even happened, and you're actually drawing it into your life. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. If you do the opposite, you can't think of two things at the same time, no matter what you think. Mm-hmm. You can really only think of one thing. So you, you, you focus on, maybe you read it and you're just looking at it and you're reading it over and over again and you start to say it out of your mouth. These things, the things that come out of your mouth are very powerful. We have to be very careful about the words that come out of our mouth because we create our world with our words. It is the tongue is the, the creative aspect of our body. Uh, the think about it, the words that we say <clears throat> are very powerful. And we start saying these positive things out of our mouths. We start creating that reality in our mouths. We start believing in that whole thing. We start to have this calmness, this inner strength, like you said, Barry, I believe it's a powerful tool as well. And uh, good luck to you on your on your journey. We should yeah. talk about that more. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll keep you updated. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say from the psychological point of view that the conscious thoughts that your mind produces uh, are said to be, that's your ego talking. And it's almost always wrong. And so when you learn that you can quiet that, that's, what <laughs> meta, that's the main thing, that you quiet that, then you allow your heart, your and soul, you're living through that, which is the purity. And, and you're allowing for that connection. So that's why things go better. So you got to quiet the ego. Yeah. <clears throat> right. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's your, when you want to do it your way, you know, that's your ego speaking right, right yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, we got to get to current events. Yeah, know? we do. Uh, we were going to do, we were going to do a couple of things. One is, oh, and we're running out of time here, which is so crazy. Yeah. This has been a fun one, but uh you were you were thinking about doing a new segment here. Oh, I proposed it to you and you were all about it. And I yep. suggested, I was thinking about it. I think it came to me last night, was it? Night before. But um, that we do a little schooling on the competition, that we take several episodes, like we figure it out so we can put it in easily digestible. So we'll just maybe take 20 minutes, a half hour, whatever we see fit, what it takes. And you, Merle, because you are a constitutional expert, take us through a portion of the constitution. Then we talk about it, what that, that part means to us. And uh, I think it would be super interesting, but I need this education. I think it'd be fun. I think so too. And um, of course, it's, it's a passion of mine and yeah. something that I study. I really believe that it's, a, it's inspired, uh, the, the document itself. I do want to just introduce that whole thing today, and then we can go on from that. But I do believe that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence are entirely related to each other, and that you can't have one without the other. The the Declaration of Independence, as we all know, is you know why we celebrate the Fourth of July. But it is it's bigger than just fireworks. It has to do with the the actual document that was signed, which is a revolutionary document. There is no other document that's like the Declaration of Independence. Let me just set the stage here, and that's all I'm going to do today is really set the stage. But uh, this document, the Declaration of Independence, is the foundation that the Constitution stands on. And if you've ever watched a house being built, they, the foundation is the part that we spend the most time on as far as building a house. You know, if you ever see that happening, this house being built, it's like, when are they gonna be done with this hole in the ground? I mean, what is up with that? But what come to find out is that if you build your house on a foundation that's not proper, your house is gonna fall down. And what I see here happening in current events today is that evidence of the house falling down and the foundation uh, being cracked. In other words, we're moving away from the foundation that the country has been built on. So the Declaration is a very simple document uh, as far as how long it is, but it's, it's, it's really mind-blowing. And the and I'm, I'm going to take you through a couple of sections here, and I'm actually going to read from them. We'll talk about it, and we'll be done. But the first paragraph talks about why it's written. Uh, they feel that it's important when one people separate from another people that they're the that people deserve an explanation for why this is happening. And then it goes into this. I'm going to read this, 
and you've heard this a million times, but you've probably only heard the first part of it. I'm going to go into two parts of it, and then we'll talk a little bit about it, Barry. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it's the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So I just want to pick that apart. That's, it's a lot the, there, man. That's it's the foundation of this country. That those two sentences that I just read, right, those are just two sentences. Those are the foundation. That's the foundation that the Constitution is actually built on. And let me just pull this apart a little bit. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, these are truths that speak for themselves. They're self-evident. We, we can see that, that all men are created equal. In that little passage is a ton. Mm -hmm. It's saying that we're created. It's not saying that we evolved. This is that the most people here in this country, no matter what God they serve, very few people are atheists, believe that they're cre created. That's what this country is founded on, is that we're created beings and we're created equal. And they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. I didn't know what unalienable meant um, a, a long time ago, and I looked it up and I found out this is pretty powerful. These are rights that God has, your creator has given you that cannot be taken away. That, that's what an, an unalienable means. They can't be revoked. They're yours and they can't be taken away. They've been given to you by God and they've been given to each individual Every individual has these. There's nobody above another person. Mm. The whole premise is that <clears throat> we were made <clears throat> in his image and, <clears throat> and that each individual is the reflection of God himself. We are like God. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not, these aren't all of your rights, but this is the core of your rights. You have the right to life. Nobody has the right to take your life away from you. Then we'd have to get into the capital punishment argument. Well, that's, that's interesting that you talk about that because this is, the, again, the foundation. We're not going to be able to get into sure. everything here, but that's going to be a great discussion right there. Life, liberty, and the... But then it goes on to talk about to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. In other words this government that we are forming has everything to do with protecting those rights that God has given you. Not to create rights, not to take away rights, but to only to protect what you've already been given by God. And that because you're like God, that it is only by your consent that you are governed in the first place. 
Uh, in other words, who can govern God, right? Unless God chooses to be governed. Um, much like in the Christian Bible, Jesus came to became a man. He was, he is God, but he came, became a man like us and submitted to the laws that were there. It's, it's the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We're consenting to these laws. But then it goes on to say that if uh, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it's the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. I'll stop there. But when you take a look at this, it's saying that once a government stops protecting your rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, much like the founders of this country who were in the colonies, they were saying, well, the king, King George, he's not taking care of our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. He's, he's in fact, usurping that. Then it's our right to form a new country that actually does serve and protect those rights that God has given us. I think it's interesting that we live in a time where we have to look at this foundation and see and see this uh, our situation through the eyes of that foundation. And government is in a place to protect our rights, not to give us our rights, not to take rights away from us. And as we look at the whole COVID-19 thing, I think it's important as we look back at this, what our country is supposed to be, and we can make a judgment on, are these people doing what they're supposed to be doing or not? What are your thoughts on that, Barry? I say, I'll say the same thing I've said all along, is we won't really know until we're looking back on it in 2020 hindsight, but we're still going to argue about it for a long time to come because we're so uh, polarized politically, because everybody made this a political thing, and it had to be during an election year, you know? Like, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong this year, so... Well, let me give you an example here. We, we talked about censorship on our show with Rex. Sure. And so if you're like God, then you know everything, right? Well, we obviously don't know everything, but inside of the Constitution, we have freedom of the press. The press is supposed to be like God for us, um, where we, like God's eyes. We can see behind closed doors. We can see what people are, are saying, what, how things are acting places that you and I can't go to, the press can go to, and they can report back what they're seeing so, they, so that we can have knowledge. We can have, uh, we can have this, uh, much like God, we can, have, we can be uh, omnipotent. We know, we know all things. But if the press stops doing their job, their constitutional duty, which is related to this foundation, then suddenly our eyes can't see anymore. And that opens up to, if, if we're not doing things by the natural way, which that is, then it opens up to huge corruption. Uh, yeah, well, I certainly agree. And I, the difficulty that I have right now with where we're going with this is that because we're dealing with COVID right now, obviously during a pandemic, you're calling on your government to offer you solutions, which is going to be granting, I don't see any way around it, granting them special powers for what should be a short amount of time. So uh, I agree with that. Yeah. However, 
we grant them, this is a great conversation because we grant them special powers to do things in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is that these powers are not being utilized in that certain way. In other words, by consent of the governed. Our consent is a separation of powers, that the legislature actually is there to represent us, and they are the ones that make laws. They're the only branch of the government that's supposed to make laws. But when the president comes in with an executive order and makes laws for themselves, you're usurping the power of the legislature, and you're bringing the legislative branch and the executive branch into one place. As we go on in the Declaration of Independence, we'll see that that's why they separate from King George because he was taking all of the, the branches of power unto himself and what they're saying is only God is just and therefore only God can handle having all of those powers in one person. So what we're seeing is governors are making laws that are impacting our life, liberty, and our pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. And this is a conflict. And if we don't know that it's a conflict, it's almost like you run out of gas and you're way out, far away from home and you got $20 in your wallet, but you don't know that you have it, then you're walking home. I mean, you know, you, this is it's the same thing. It's, if you don't know that you have this right, then you can't utilize it. If you don't know that this is how it's supposed to be, you can't actually take advantage of the benefits of it. It says in my Bible, my people perish for lack of knowledge. If you don't know there's water around the corner, you're going to thirst to death. This is the concept here is if you don't know that the governor is not supposed to make arbitrary laws and enforce them so that you lose your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, even in the face of a pandemic, then you can easily be taken advantage of. Uh, okay. Uh, I follow you on that. I think it's a lot for an intro. Um, would you like to somehow wrap it up that part of it up for this week and you know so we can continue on with it again next week i think it's important that this was just a foundational uh discussion of everything is built on top of that concept everything in the in the declaration of independence that i just talked about has everything to do with your first amendment uh, rights, uh, religious freedom, uh, re freedom of the press, uh, freedom of speech, your right to, to, to have a, a weapon, your, the electoral college, everything is built on that. We can't have a logical discussion about what's in the Constitution until we understand what I just went over. Okay, very good. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up here within a couple minutes. I wanted to tell you, I thought this was very interesting. I heard on the news this morning that GM has found a, a breakthrough with battery chemistry increasing their effectiveness. And over the next couple of years, sees that, that this will uh, decrease the cost of electric cars considerably, making them on par with your standard gas-operated car, uh, which I think, and, and increase their their mileage by like 400, off the top of my head, 450 miles uh, per charge, which I think is all fantastic. And But I want to give the other side of the coin there that you brought up before when I brought up electric cars, how I'd like things to go further in that direction quicker that, well, we better do something about the infrastructure uh, because we can't support the a great deal of electricity right now that that 
what we will need. I mean, that's pretty much what you said, wasn't it? It had something to do with that and also uh, the government forcing that to happen. Those were two of my big objections. Well, that's, yeah, that's because I said I thought it would be pretty cool if we would give a credit. Uh, yeah, some for kind rental of, cars, right. Yeah, so that when they uh, go and sell their cars to the public that we would have more affordable and a lot more rental cars out on the market uh, for the common everyday user. Uh, so this is not anything to do with that. This is just, wow, batteries are finally getting better. So, and that's been a big hindrance in the entire auto industry. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, we're, we're, we're hearing a lot about the electric car. And I mean, here in California, the governor made a mandate that no, yeah. Uh, fuel combusted cars will be sold after I think it was like 2030. So only electric cars at that point, which yeah. is kind of a crazy thing to say. How does the <laughs> governor, how does the governor do that when he's not going to be in office? And I, I don't know how that works. So yeah, that's a good point. I kind of wondered the same thing. Yeah. Um, any, uh, that's just a minor light current event I wanted to throw out because it's quick and easy, but I thought it was very interesting. Do you have anything like that on, on tap? I, I, I don't, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, I saw a movie last night. Um, it was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. The old and one. Yeah, I've never seen it before. With, uh, geez, who's Robert Redford and yeah. Paul Newman. Yeah. yeah. So that was a little that kid. Was. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should see it again. It's a great movie. It was a lot of fun to go through and everything. I got to say, I was a little bit surprised at how that movie went. I, I had an idea of what the movie was about. And uh, I was all wrong. It wasn't I don't remember it at all. It was so long ago. <laughs> it was a really fun movie to watch. It's a great, uh, it's a great story. I got to say, I've never been a big fan of Robert Redford. I love Paul uh, Newman. But I thought Robert Redford was pretty cool in that movie. I, now you're make, making me want to check it out again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good good uh, movie to check out. Uh, I wanted to also say that uh, you ha we have a fan out there that uh, you mentioned that uh, comedy, the, the comedian, uh, Heffron. Oh, oh, yeah, I think that's it. That, now I don't remember his name. Oh, gosh, that's John terrible. Heffron, I think. Is, is that it? Anyhow, uh, no. my sister-in-law was listening, and she said that uh, – she has seen that guy like 10 times and they've wow. just seen him uh, in, in concert, I guess you would say uh -huh. just that week when you were bringing him up. So wow. that was a strange coincidence. Really cool though. Like uh, I said, he's a big fan. Oh, that's, that's so nice. I, I'm glad uh, that struck a chord. The guy is so likable. That's the thing. You know, he's not offensive and I like offensive, but he's not offensive and he's not, uh, he doesn't really curse. Uh, he's just, uh, he's just funny. You know, it's just real world stuff, real world stuff and very funny. That is all I have for that. I care to share because we keep, but we're bouncing around now. And uh, do you have any parting words, Merle? My only parting words are uh, happy Thanksgiving. I think we'll do a, a show right before Thanksgiving or not. I don't know. We I haven't talked be the about day that. after technically. 
Friday would be the day after. We did it on Wednesday last time, so who knows how we'll do this. We'll decide this. But in in any event, uh, even though we have these uh, restrictions going on, we can still be very thankful at this time of year. And and I really believe that we've got a lot to be thankful for, despite problems that we have. It could always be worse. Uh, But there are great things to be thankful for and uh, try to focus on that. Yeah, appreciate that. Those are good words to live by. Let's keep it bright. Love your neighbors. Thank you, Merle. Love you, brother. Talk to you next week.